this is Michelle Ellis, and you're listening to the Rooted TCK Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Rooted TCK Podcast. I'm so excited for today. I want to first introduce my guest co-host. You guys heard her last month. It is Maggie Cartwright. Hey, Maggie. Hey, guys. And for our guest today, we have some of your favorite besties around, Miss Gracie Bueno and Miss Izzy Pettis. Hey, welcome, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're super excited to be here today. So excited to have you guys on. Everyone knows that you two are so fun to be around. You guys are always making us laugh. You guys also hold so much wisdom, but before we jump into that, if you guys can tell us a little bit of who you are, where you grew up, tell us how you guys met and became besties, and what you guys are up to now. Well, I was an MK to Costa Rica most of my life. I also spent three years when I was a very small child in Chile, and then I just recently, three years ago, I started college at Southeastern University in Florida, and I'm a double major in criminal justice and psychology. And I'm getting married in May. So those are my big life updates and what I'm doing right now. My name is Gracie Bueno. I grew up as an NK in El Salvador, actually. And I'm currently a junior at College of the Ozarks in Branson, Missouri. I am a child studies major and I have a minor in Christian apologetics, which is super exciting. And then you also asked how we met. And that's actually a very funny story because we actually met at this resort called The Cameron in El Salvador. But Izzy doesn't remember this, actually. All I remember is Gracie swimming up to me in Cancun, Mexico and asking if I wanted to play. No, so the real story of how we met was we were in the pool in El Salvador and I was swimming with Julia Dallager. A lot of you probably know who that is. She's super cool. And we were playing mermaids or something. And then this little girl came up to me, curly haired, weird person. And she was like, hey, Julia. And I was like, oh, I'm here too. My name's Grace. And then every time I remind her of this, she says she doesn't remember that happening. But that's okay because now we're besties. So it's fine. Now we're inseparable. Yeah, for real. When you think Gracie, you think Izzy. When you think Izzy, you think Gracie. You guys are a blast. Actually, Okay, here here's something that it may have to go on social media because I always ask guests for a photo that I can use for social media to promote the episode, right? And literally at the exact same time, so we have a little group chat that we were putting together the details of this episode. And so I asked Gracie and Izzy for a photo I could use for social media of the two of them. At the exact same time, they sent the exact same photo. It was unbelievable but like I would expect nothing less from the two of them so I may have to to post the the receipts of that that you guys are so fun and so in sync and inseparable in a lot of ways when you guys are actually physically together but you guys keep us laughing we enjoy you guys so much I've known you guys since you were teenagers or for a long time so it's fun having to it's fun having you guys on as guests now for the podcast but like I mentioned earlier you guys also hold as as goofy and silly as the two of you are especially together you guys are also so wise and I know that the Lord has been doing all kinds of things in both of your guys's lives so we'll just go ahead and get things started I know that you both wanted to be able to share a little bit of, of your stories and what God has been doing in your life and what he's been teaching you so 
I will turn it over to whichever one of you wants to get started first. They're pointing at each other. So I grew up obviously as a missionary kid and I was a missionary kid my whole entire life all throughout like literally since I was born all the way till senior year of high school. And I remember always like being so used to my parents' ministry and everything and but I was never actually involved in anything that they were doing. I remember always thinking like, oh, my parents are doing so many good things for the Lord. That must transfer over to my life too. And so a big part of my testimony is just kind of, in El Salvador, I just kind of went through the motions, I guess, with my faith. And I didn't really have a faith of my own. I remember my mom and dad always like leading little Bible studies and devotionals with my brother and I, but I was never very involved. And I guess I never felt like my faith never felt like my own. It kind of felt like I was just living off of what my parents were doing. And everything sort of changed in the high school, in my senior year, when I was about to come to college in the U.S. And it was just a huge wake up call to know that I was coming to a Christian school, knowing that I had no relationship with the Lord. And so the Lord kind of began to show me everything I was doing, like all the sin that I had been living in. And all the shame and guilt that was coming from all of it. And like something that was super important that the Lord taught me my first year in school is the difference between shame and guilt, which is a huge part of my testimony. Because guilt is acknowledging I have done something wrong, but then shame is turning that and saying I am something wrong. And so when you sit in that and you don't truly know what your identity is in the Lord, you can really go down this spiral of I'm not good enough. The Lord will never love me the way that I am. The Lord will never look past my sin. And like, it just really hinders you from actually filling that Jesus size hole that we all have in our hearts. And so I want to read Psalm 51 first, because this, I read this chapter like a year ago and it genuinely like described perfectly how I was feeling in that time of my life in high school, where I did not have, I was not surrounded by great people I called myself a Christian, but then I would join others in doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. Like, I don't know if my friends were out doing things that they weren't supposed to, even though I wasn't partaking in certain things, certain activities, I was still there with them, egging them on. And so it was almost this thing of, I thought I was being a good Christian, but in hindsight, it's like I was doing these the same worldly things that all of them were doing. And so Psalm 51 is, is called A Prayer for Restoration. And it says... Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love. According to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, I have sinned and done this evil in your sight. So you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. Surely you desire integrity in the inner self and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. So I'm just going to read half of it because it's kind of a long chapter. But I don't know, when David talks about wanting, just desiring to be washed and be whiter than snow and letting, like allowing the Lord to give him joy and gladness again, that's kind of how I felt because I was just so consumed with, I remember always thinking like, oh, the Lord is all the way over there on this high mountain and I'm all the way down here. And so to make my way up to him, I have to climb this huge, huge trek. And I remember being so intimidated. I was like, there's no point in me spending time in the word again or spending time in prayer because I'll never be able to make my way all the way up there. 
And then one time I actually heard an illustration and I, I know this is, this was the Lord because it totally changed the way I viewed him in my heart. And basically I heard someone say one time that the Lord is always right next to us, but we have our back to him. And all you have to do is turn to face him instead of he's all the way up on the mountain. And I have to trek, I have to climb my way all the way up because there's no way we could ever do that. He's just so good and so gracious to us that he allows us to just turn and face him. And so then once I actually started finding or putting time and effort into my relationship with the Lord, and he started revealing to me like where he had been in those moments where I was just totally bashing myself and totally, I don't know, full of shame and guilt. I found Psalm 32, which is called the joy of forgiveness. And this Psalm is really precious. It says, How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. And then the last part says, many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And the reason why this psalm struck me was because... I didn't realize, I used to think I didn't have a testimony. I used to think, oh, nothing major's happened in my life. So why would my story ever impact someone else? But then when I truly found my relationship with the Lord and I found Christ and actually like desired to know him more and more and seek him, he started revealing all these things to me that I had been doing that were keeping me from him that entire time, like lies from the enemy. It could literally be anything. They could literally be thinking that you're not good enough or just literally anything that you're struggling with that may seem like something super insignificant that the Lord turns and uses for good. And in Psalm 32, it talks so much about just being vulnerable and telling the Lord what's on your heart, even though he literally knows what's on everyone's mind. He doesn't need us to tell him, but there's so much healing that comes when you are willing to be vulnerable. And that shows the Lord that you're willing to seek out his presence and seek out community with him amazing thank you so much for sharing there's so much that we're going to come back to and unpack a little bit but i i love that you shared from the psalms because there's just for every for every season and emotion like the psalms they it's just a book that gives us so much permission (laughs) to feel the things that we feel and to find refuge in the lord with those feelings you know if you're feeling if you're feeling joyful you know, praise the Lord, you know, lift up a joyful sound to the Lord. If you're feeling afraid, if you're feeling sad or weary, you know, there's just so much in there that when we really take time to sit with it, I know for me, sometimes reading the Psalms, it's like, it's like such a breath of fresh air, you know, and it's like, it feels like someone relates to me, especially when I'm in those seasons of like, I'm just crying out to the Lord, God, where are you? Can you help me? I don't know what to do with this situation, but I'm going to, have faith and confidence that you're going to meet my need. You know, most of the Psalms, not all of them, most of them, even the ones, if they're lament or prayers for deliverance, most of them do end with praise. Not all, 
And that's okay too. It's okay to not always end with praise, but it does create a such a valuable model to us that I know has been very helpful for me in those moments of like, Lord, this is really hard. I don't understand. I don't like it. I'm feeling this and that, but I'm going to choose to trust you. I'm going to choose to, to believe that I'm going to see your goodness, you know, and that you're going to be with me through it all because that's what you've proven time and time again. Mm -hmm. And I love hearing people's stories because the older that we get, the more that we have the experience to know that A, life will get hard, but B, even when life is hard, we can have hope, you know, and that's such a kindness of the Lord to, to allow us experiences in life that when we go through hard things again, it's like, okay, I know it was really hard when I went through this, but I also saw how the Lord brought me through it, you know, so it makes it, it's not that it makes it easier when you go through hard things in the future, but it gives you, it gives you a framework and it gives you tools to navigate it differently. There's, there's so many other things that I want to pull from your story. Izzy, I would love to hear from you as well. And then we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into both of your guys' stories. So we have like pretty similar stories, except the end of my, like leaving the mission field is much different than, than Gracie's. So my entire like childhood and everything up to like 10th grade, I never had a relationship of my own with God. Like I went to church, I helped my parents in ministry, but none of it was never, it was never my own. Like it was always my parents. Like I was, I wanted to make sure I was a good kid so that the Lord would, would love me and that he would, he would essentially like help me to get into heaven. And I always had like the wrong concept of like, you do good things and you're going to get to heaven. And my identity was also never solid when I was like in high school and like middle school, all that stuff. My identity, I always placed it in my friends and how popular I was and everything going around me in, in my school life. So in 10th grade, my mom struggled with a really bad mental health. She struggled with anxiety and we had to leave the mission field almost seven months before we were supposed to leave. So it came out of absolutely nowhere. The decision to leave the field, I found out in one week and then a week later we left. So after being, after leaving Costa Rica, my whole identity and everything that I had like placed my, my value, my worth on was stripped for me. I was thrown into New Jersey public school which is not the best and was a real struggle, especially because I had no friends. And before all I found my worth in was my friends. So I was really sad for a part of it. But then I was also, I started to seek the Lord. I started to wonder, does God actually love me? Because he just took everything away from me. And I just, I couldn't find a way out of it. So I started going to church. I started going to Wednesday night Bible study, which at my home church, it was amazing. They just really helped me to start reading the Bible and actually be passionate about that kind of stuff. I started praying, which I had never done before. And I just really started seeking the Lord. So I had like a really good relationship. And then I went to college. And the only reason I'm there is because of Emma and Maggie Cartwright. They're the ones who convinced me to come to SU, which I'm so, so grateful for. And when I got there, I just, I, the first year I just kept praying. I was like, Lord, I want this first year to be for you. I want to just focus on you and not focus on dating or anything. Like I didn't want to focus on that. But of course I met my fiance first week of class, but we did not date that first year. And just like going to chapel and being in an environment where everybody chose to be there for the same reason, which is to go to a Christian school and just have a education that really was based on the Lord and stuff that really helped me as well. 
So like going to MK camps and stuff, they always talked about speaking in tongues and like being filled with the Holy Spirit. And every single time I would get so sad because I never spoke in tongues. And so finally at SU during a worship service, I was finally like filled with the Holy Spirit and everything changed after that. I had never felt like so much joy, so much peace about where I was at in life. And it was just the most amazing experience ever. And from then, it's just gone up and up. And I can look back on my hardships and I can look back on the awful things that I had to go through and I can find joy in them. And I can thank God that I went through those things because without it, I would not have met him. And I would not have my own relationship, like besides my parents with the Lord. And that's just something I'm really, really grateful for. Wow, that's that's amazing. Thank you as well for for sharing your story. I don't know that I've actually been able, I knew some of Gracie's story. I'm not sure that I've heard yours. So it's it's just amazing to hear the the journey that the Lord has brought both of you guys on. So I, I want to talk a little bit, you know, there's there's some identity things that both of you brought up. Gracie, you talked about the the shame versus guilt aspect, you know, where guilt says I've done something wrong. Shame says I I am something wrong. And how you know, it makes me think of the fall of man. You know, when we read about that in Genesis, we see so much of that, that shame that they felt, but we also see the Lord in Genesis 3.21. It says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. So he covered them, you know, and that's what he does for us when we do feel, whether it's guilt, whether it's shame, he covers us. And that's what the blood of Jesus has done in our lives. Whether, whether we feel that we've done something big to separate us from the Lord, or maybe we just don't feel we can access him, you know, where it just feels too hard, kind of the way that you were talking about. So there was some of that aspect is you were just talking about your identity being in your your friendships and popularity and how shaken you were when that was all stripped away in a week's time and trying to find your footing. And in that, both of you guys talking about how much of your faith was built on what your parents' faith is, which is a gift and a blessing to us, but we can't live off of that. That doesn't that doesn't sustain us, you know? So I'd, I'd love for both of you guys just to speak into some of that about the identity component, you know, what your identity was and what that journey was like for you, because I think it's something really important for MKs and TCKs to, to really grapple with and wrestle with, and it's not easy, but there's a lot of things I think when we're kids and teenagers, even young adults, you know, we, we place a lot of weight on certain things of our identity, whether it be our MKTCK identity, whether it be, you know, the things that we've already discussed or whatever other thing. But when we don't make the foundation, our Christ identity and what the Lord has said of us and who he is in our life, when that's not the foundation, when something else, it's like a, it's like a Jenga tower, right? You pull out one of those blocks that you built your life and identity on and it all comes crashing down, you know? And so, but having that base of like, this is who the Lord is. This is what he said about me, that I'm a child of God, that I'm forgiven, that I have full access to him. That's the thing that sustains us when those changes happen, when life comes our way, because we can stay grounded and rooted in confidence, knowing that that we are his and he is ours, you know, and that he's, he's the victor. He wins every battle, right? You know, what, what confidence and hope and joy does that give us versus placing the weight on something that that can change at a moment's notice so if you guys can whichever one of you would like to chime into that I think it was just 
being humble was something that I really never understood, especially as like a teenager. I thought of humble being like, oh, you're weak or you're not strong enough. But when I finally understood the concept of like being humble, of like loving others before yourself, admitting that you were wrong and that you made mistakes, that was something that really helped me to forgive myself and actually go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness for not being the best example that I could have been as a missionary kid in Costa Rica, but asking him to change me and help me to be a better example when I did move to New Jersey. And I saw a lot of fruit from me asking God to change my heart. And I just saw a lot of people who would bring up God and stuff without me even having to bring it up. And a lot of good conversation came out of me asking for more. Yeah, I think for me, a big thing that I realized when I came to the U.S. for college was knowing that I had so much pride and it was both in the form of arrogance and also insecurity. Because like a lot of times we don't think of insecurity as being pride, but Like pride is focusing on me, me, me. Everything's about me. People are thinking about me. Well, how how am I going to make people think the best of me, you know? And then insecurity is thinking like, oh, everyone's thinking about me. What are they thinking about me? You know, it's just like this constant mindset of I am the most important person in the room. And when you have that mindset, you really do, like Izzy said, have to ask the Lord for humility because how are you going to ever love people if all you're thinking about is yourself? And like... I don't know, recently I've just been learning about how God is so others oriented. He keeps no love to himself. He's constantly pouring it out on all of us, regardless of our condition, which is actually insane. But just understanding that and like we are made in his image. We have the capacity to not love in the infinite way that he does because we're finite creatures, but just knowing that we can be others oriented and we can ask the Lord to Help us love others regardless of how much we may not like others at times, you know, like that was something I had to pray a lot about. And I still do because I'm an RA at a freshman girls dorm. And sometimes it can be really hard to love girls where they're at because you can see like a lack of maturity or the way they respond is not very kind sometimes. Or I don't know, maybe just because you're trying to enforce the rules and they end up thinking that you're a monster, things like that. And so just like rooting your identity in the Lord and understanding that the Lord loves you in how broken you are. You can also love them and how broken they are because we're all going through a constant spiritual battle. So what would you say, you know, because I'm thinking right now of MKs, you know, we, we grew up hearing a lot of these messages of, you know, the Lord loves you. You He sent his son Jesus to die for you. He rose again. So it's, it's things that we know and a lot of times I describe it almost as like our head knows but our heart forgets it's like sometimes there's a disconnect and something between the two gets unplugged you know and that's there's an aspect of that that's normal where we might go through seasons of I know this I'm just not really feeling it within me you know the excitement of how the Lord loves me but but I I think of this with MKs because we hear it a lot of times we know it in our heads but it hasn't Either it hasn't sunk down to our hearts ever at all, or or there's a disconnect. So what might you say to the MK who who maybe is kind of like skipping through and like, yeah, 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 I know. Okay, Jesus loves mm-hmm. me. Got it. Like, I already know this. It's nothing new. What might you say to them right now to encourage them of like, oh, like, let this sink in <laughs> that even in your current state, whatever that is, 
as quote unquote good, as quote unquote bad, the Lord loves you. Like he is crazy about you and made you on purpose for a purpose and his heart beats for you. So for me, I would really just tell them to look around and look outside. Nature for me is something that the Lord constantly uses to show me that he loves me. Like he literally created this entire world for us to enjoy. And all we have to do is look around and see how beautiful it is. Like you look at the sky and you see the clouds and everything. And you just realize like this entire giant world, like God made for me to enjoy. And even when things seem like they're falling around, falling apart around me, um, I can just look around and just feel the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding. And I never felt that peace until I fell on my knees and I just prayed and begged the Lord to show me who he was. And the first time I ever heard the Lord speak to me was through nature. I was praying, I was calling out to God and I was like, why will you talk to everybody else but me? And the second that I heard his voice, I was like in the sunset over like in front of my school. And he was like, I've been here. You're just not looking around. And that was probably like my most profound moment with the Lord that like I've ever felt. It's actually crazy that you say that, Izzy, because I think I already shared this with you last week, but this week had been really, really rough. This semester has been so hectic that I felt really far from the Lord for the majority of this semester. I'm not going to lie. And I was getting very, very angry last Thursday. I remember literally sitting with a friend and being like, I don't understand. Like, I, what am I doing differently from last semester? I don't feel him close to me at all. I don't know where to find him. I feel like the more time I spend in the word, the less time I want to spend in the word because nothing's happening. And so then that same day I was in my, one of my Christian theology classes and our professor was like, well, guys, I think I need to send you all outside so that you can truly delight in the Lord's creation and find his beauty in his creation. And so I was like, okay, I was a little skeptical, went out there, literally was just out there for 10 minutes sitting in the sunshine. But those 10 minutes were like the most beautiful and overwhelming 10 minutes of my whole entire semester. I literally felt like it was a hug from Jesus, just the sunshine on my skin. And I remember going back into class and I was like, oh no, what do I do now? I'm going to start bawling. Like if I looked at the person to my right, I'm going to start crying. If I try to participate in class, I'm going to be a wreck. I don't know what to do. So I just started journaling in class. And like, I guess with all that being said, I think it's really important to ask the Lord to give you a personal experience where he can show you his love. Because yeah, you can hear it as much as you want, but it won't click until you actually experience it. And also another thing is, I think growing up, there's been a lot of MKs who are raised with the idea of questions are bad. Asking questions is wrong. Asking questions means that you're being disrespectful towards God in some way, or asking questions means that you have no faith. And so that's awful because as your parent, I couldn't imagine you as an MK not having your own walk with the Lord, you know? And so literally just asking the Lord questions, he wants to give you the answers. I have a friend that just graduated who literally asked the Lord, show me a color that we will get to see in heaven that we can't see on earth. And the Lord revealed it to her in a dream. And like, when you hear her try to explain, she literally can't explain it because she's like, 
oh, well, there was like a tint of pink and also gold, but then there was also like silver in the mix. And like, it just doesn't make sense because God is so much bigger than what our brains can comprehend. And so, I don't know, just like finding the beauty and literally asking the Lord every single thing. Like, I don't know, I have a friend that I really look up to on campus that she questions even the most basic things like, what is joy? What is love? What is hope? And it's like, well, how do you not know? These are words we use in our everyday vocabulary. But it's like, if I were to ask you, what does love mean? You'd probably be stumped because we don't often stop and think about what those things mean, you know? That's good. Yeah, as you guys were were sharing, I was thinking of Romans one twenty. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. I, I love that he, I think this came up in another episode, but I love that he gave us nature because as much as culture may change as much as all of these other elements around us might change the the rules of nature do not change right creation is it is what it is the sun rises the sun sets you plant a seed in the ground as it is watered and nurtured it grows right all of these things and there's so many illustrations throughout the bible that one use that as a simple truth to teach us something but also like just the beauty of nature you know that do speak to god's creativity to his beauty to his majesty to his his wisdom and his infinite love for us i love that both of you guys shared that and and yeah questions are a great thing and i think it's important to ask questions i think god can handle our questions jesus in the garden asked the lord my god why have you forsaken me which i think comes from david and the psalms we obviously see we talked about the psalms earlier we see lots of questions in there you know why why is my soul in anguish we we see all of that and that's okay to ask those questions I literally love what you guys are sharing. Like, it's all so wise. And I love, Gracie, that you shared a story that happened to you so recently, because it really just goes to show that, like, there's such an ongoingness to that relationship with God, that there's, like, going to be ups and downs to that, even now, as you would consider yourself, like, a strong Christian or having that strong faith that, like, you still have those moments of, like, ah, like, why? And I love that you shared that. I hope that you guys enjoyed part one of this conversation with Gracie Bueno and Izzy Perez. There were so many good things that they shared in this conversation, so we decided to split it up into a two-part episode. So make sure you listen to all of part one and stay tuned for next month so you can listen to the rest of the conversation in part two. Love you guys. Ciao.